This edition of My Thoughts Monday is brought to you by Valve Performance, the team behind the Nordboard, Forstex, the Groin Bar, and Human Track. Guys, the most important ability for all of our athletes is availability, and that's the absolute goal of Valve Performance, is to provide solutions to performance professionals so that we can get the right information to make the right decision at the right time for the betterment of the athletes that we get to work with. To do this, guys, they have a wide range of validated products that focus on usability, and having been founded by the School of Exercise and Nutrition Sciences at the Queensland University of Technology, they're extremely evidence-based and they're beyond transparent. I can tell you that our time using the Nordboard and being involved with Forstex, we have been introduced to so many amazing people that have truly helped us become better coaches, have a better understanding, not just of the technology, but also what we're doing with our athletes. So make sure you hop over to ValPerformance.com today to make sure you check out what they got. It's going to make you better and to do better by your athletes. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some awesome practitioners who are always trying to evolve and continue to grow professionally throughout their career. The problem with many of us, though, is finding a new outlet, a new way and a new perspective on the questions that we may have whether it be programming, whether it be situational with dealing with coaches, or whether it be career advice. Because all too often what happens is we get stuck in with the same group of friends and the same group of colleagues that we reach out to for advice repeatedly over and over again. But what we should really be looking for is different perspectives, different people who have been through different situations who can help us make better decisions both for ourselves and our athletes. And one awesome place to start with that is the forums in the Strength Coach Network. In the forums in the Strength Coach Network, you'll be able to reach out and get feedback, input, and advice from coaches from all over the world, from everything from career advice to training modalities to programming. There's people there just for the same reason as you are, to try to get better, to learn, to share information, and to grow the field of strength and conditioning. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps to dive into all that great content today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. And guys, I want to I wanna hit on one of those presentations one more time. I know for the last seven weeks we went through all these, but there was one take-home message from the event and from one of the talks that has really changed a lot of the ways that, that I'm looking at things and how we're trying to communicate and, and build some stuff you know, over here. And, you know, that, that came from, again, from Sam Gardner, you know, I talked about how his presentation was a little bit different. Um, and it was, and, and I think that this message is one that I think that a lot of us talk about, but I don't think a lot of us really act about, you know, it's, it's something that I think that we as a, as a overall profession, as our vocation continues to evolve, we need to continue to drive down this direction a little bit more, especially because I think that it's going to impact the way that we are viewed, right? Because I still think all too often, you know, it's, it's, it's still a, a, a viewpoint that people have of us that it's, we're just people that are in the weight room and, and yelling and screaming and dog cussing kids and making them, you know, do crazy stuff and just like trying to break them off and all this craziness. Um, and I think that that opinion of what strength and conditioning is, has been around for, it's been around for as long as, as I've been coaching. So 
been around for, I mean, probably half of you as long as you've been alive, believe it or not. Um, and I don't think it's changing because I still think how we portray ourselves at times and things that pop up now on your timelines or your Instagram feeds or whatever, they don't help that, right? And, and those things are growing more and more so that even just one of those is like throwing one gremlin in the pool, right? You, just one of those videos gets seen by a million people as opposed to something that someone's doing that's super awesome and in the forefront of like pushing the field forward. Like they, they, they don't get attention because it's not cool. It's not sexy for people outside. It doesn't get likes. It's not grind so hard or whatever it is, right? But Sam talked about how they look at the training and the development of the athletes that he gets to work with. And what he talked about, and I believe he was asked this question as well, you know, like how do you decide programming and how do you decide what to build and how to train them and yada, 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 right? Good question when you're dealing with athletes who have had amputations or spine injuries or visually impaired or have CP. Like obviously their training is going to be lot different than someone who is totally able-bodied, right? Well, he said, well, we just focus on what they can do, not what they can't do. I'm going to say that for you one more time. We're going to focus on what they can do, not what they can't do. Now, I'm going to go both ways with this, but first, I'm going to talk about one thing that we talk about as a field, right? And that is that we need to increase their weaknesses and this and that. So I can see people already saying, like, well, yeah, but you got to pick up their weaknesses because the weakest link, and I get that, right? That's important. But you also got to remember, right, unless it's something that could lead them to injury, maybe that weakest link is a weakest link because it doesn't help them be sensational of the sport they're at. We can talk about all that another day. But, right... If it is a weak link that you need to correct or improve or build up or whatever we're going to call it now, yeah, of course you've got to attack that and you've got to get them better at that. You've got to make sure that they're healthy and resilient and able to be durable and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we all know that, right? We don't need to get down that too much. But where I want to talk about this is when we're talking about kids or athletes, excuse me, who have the, the misfortune of being injured. And I think all too often that injury return to play process from the time they go down to the time they come back too much of the communication is about what they can't do right you get your IR from sports med and it's typically going to say something like no lower body or can't run or no closed chain upper body or no overhead comma I understand why they do it that way right they need to do it that way, in a sense, for a couple reasons. One is the whole CYA factor, right? Like, if they don't tell you not to do stuff and you do stuff and the kid gets more hurt, well, then who's at fault, right? Now, I would hope that we're all educated well enough to know that if some kid pops a hammy, you probably shouldn't be doing RDLs the next day, right? I mean, like, come on, let's... Let's be real here. But instead, we get these reports that put these limitations on them. Instead of putting the injury and then having a conversation with the sports med practitioner and the athlete about what they can do. 
let me give you a couple of examples and ways that I'm hoping to use Sam's idea here, which has probably been said to me a thousand times, but really has just been bouncing off my thick skull and hasn't cracked its way through this freaking eggshell of a brain of mine until Sam said it. And I, I think it got through because we have an athlete who's coming back from an ACL reconstruction and believe it or not, sent me a text in the middle of Sam's talk, um, just checking in, seeing how the event was going. And it made me think, right? You know, you've got a kid post-surgery like this guy was. And this kid's great, you know? Yeah, he's not 100% all the time. Nobody is, but he's great. And he wants to be good. And he wants to try. He'll fight you on some things sometimes, but what 18 to 22-year-old won't? So we sit here and we, we think, okay, so this young man or this young woman just had surgery. Well, they can't do anything, really, right? They can't sweat. They can't work out. They can't move around because, you know, infection with the stitches. Infection's a bad thing. We want to avoid that at all costs, right? So what if we could have turned back the clock and been like, all right, man, so instead of sitting here and, and not working on anything... I want to try to meet you for lunch every day so we can work on your nutrition. Or I want to work on, you know, want you to be able to get in with the coaches more often and watch film and talk about things that, you know, areas that you need to work on and things that you need to get better at as we move forward because you have time now to study, right? Like, let's make sure we're doing that right. And on top of, obviously, the general PT stuff that they're going to have to do to work their way back. You know, these kids that are coming back and are limited lower body, like what if there are things that we can work on to assist them in their performance? What if it's just the flexibility program? What if it's, you know, just working basic movement mechanics to reteach them how to cut and change direction and accelerate and to be better at what we need them to do? But instead, more often than not, it's, yeah, well, you know, you can't do anything, so you can just sit in the corner. Or, yeah, well, instead, you're just going to do like 20,000 abs, and we're just going to try to break you off. What is that doing? What is that helping? How is that getting people better? So I guess that this situation is going to make me better and communicate better with my sports med people, because I'm lucky to have a couple that are are pretty forward-thinking. So what can we do? What can we work on to make them better? Like, a kid breaks a leg, like just doing upper body to get stronger upper body doesn't do anything. Like what do we need to improve in their upper body to be better? Like what are things that need to improve for them to play better that we can do, that we can work on, that we can focus on, that we can give this athlete something to look at a focal point, a light at the end of the tunnel to improve upon while they're going. And I think that's important. If we can remove the can't and put the can in to give them a focal point and a light at the end of the tunnel to train for, I think we're going to see improvements not just in return to play, but in how they return to play. Because if we have fixed one of those 
one of those weak links in the chain, or we have improved something that they wouldn't have improved before, and we didn't just waste their time. And at the end of the day, that's their most valuable asset, is the time they have. So, would love to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, criticisms, any of it, or examples of how you've done this, like things that you've had success with in that situation, because that'd be big time. Share. Help us get better. That's what we're trying to do here. As always, y'all, appreciate everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. I'll see you then.